Alright, this is the third time I'm fucking doing this, so let's make sure it works this time. So we're doing the best position-by-position position fantasy lacrosse players. Starting with attack. So 15, so we're going to go 15 up. 15 is Eric Law. A bit of a disappointment to me, but not in the fact. If you're looking as, as, a, as a fan... He hasn't been a disappointment at all. Seven goals in five games, uh, 12 points. I expected him to do a little bit better. Uh, he's at a good shooting percentage and whatnot, especially a consistent one. But the thing that kind of bothers me is just the fact that um, I, I thought he was going to be more just I thought I just thought he was going to have a little bit more. Um, fantasy wise, I was disappointed, but I don't want to take anything away from him. He's had a fucking hell of a season. And then next, at 14, we have Colin Heacock. I believe a new individual, especially to the fucking Chrome, but also to the PLL. He's got 13 points in six games, so point for, for point. He hasn't really been the same as Eric Law, but I like him a little bit better just because of the fact that I just really seem to enjoy um, that offense a little bit more because of the fact that there were individuals like Wolf and Gutterding who were on there who haven't been playing to their potential, and guys like, um, Heacock and God, who's the other one? Morrill have both been able to come up, step up as new individuals to the team, to the league, and be able to fill those shoes and not completely, uh, especially for Wolf, but be able to come in and be, you know, the fucking be the guy. Heacock specifically, Heacock specifically, I really like goal scorer, 10 goals, two, one two pointer. And an assist, so you know you're getting goals out of him. If that matters for you in your fantasy league, that's a re that's one of the main reasons why I put him above Law. At 12, I have Connor Fields. Connor Fields, I think, is doing better than I expected him in the beginning of the season to do. He's got 14 points in six games, seven goals, uh, one two-pointer, and five assists. He's had a pretty low shooting percentage, though, with only 19 shots on goal this season. Uh, would like both of those to be a little bit higher, but his production is pretty good. Uh, especially in such a high-octane offense. Uh, they've been struggling for the past couple weeks, so I wouldn't really hold them, hold that against him all too much. But I really do think that he's outperforming what I kind of expected from him, and he's definitely been hot as of lately uh, with his shooting percentage in the last two games at 50% with three and four points in both games. So happy to see him doing better, especially being on a new, uh, a new team. And it's tough. It's tough in that offense to get, you know, the points that you feel like you kind of deserve at times because you've got you, – you have a decent you, – you're, you're looking at, like, almost 50% of the ball right off the draw, which is nice. Uh, you need the ball to score goals, which is a huge thing that I'd look at, especially when it comes to attackmen because with midfielders, you can just find them in transition. You don't really need to score like that. But with attack, you know, you, you're really only scoring – you could score off a of transition, but – you know, I feel like, especially in uh, in some offenses, it's like you have you can only score if it's settled. So I look at that, and you got to weigh it team by team. But I like the fact that Fields, even with the Amens, the Mannies, the Holmans, the Schreibers, um, the Mikanaros, the um, Amblers. So with all those guys, six guys, and then they add a seventh in there. You're like, how are you guys going to be able to balance all this shit? But they find a way. He's been consistently good. And then honestly, he's been getting better the last couple of games. So we'll see if that continues. 
At number 11, I got someone who I honestly didn't expect all too much to be there, but is there. He's got the same points per game, but he's got 12 goals, and that's Matt Cavanaugh. He's been doing sick. He had one game where he had four goals, but he's been, I mean, he's honestly been pretty consistent, and he's definitely the number two attackman down low. So it's Pennell, obviously, one of, if not the best uh, attackman in the league. And then he's like, he's the number two. I was worried with him, uh, Garnsey, and I'm going to forget the last guy's name, um, Lee, Ryan Lee. I don't know what happened to Ryan Lee. I guess he might have gotten, I believe he got hurt, but it's really just been like, he's always been down there. So his consistency probably, probably helps his play while on the other side, like Garnsey has kind of been flipping around from the, um, from the attack down low and whatnot so it's kind of hard to have him find his uh or flipping down low from midfield to attack so it's kind of hard for him to find his group i also don't i'm not a huge fan of Ryder garnsey just in the way that he plays i like him because he's on the redwoods um but i'm not a huge fan of the way he plays lacrosse not in his character but in his actual like gameplay at 10 we have jackson morrill jackson morrill whatever the fuck you i say morrill because sam morrill so there you go He's got 15 points in six games, 10 of them being goals, shooting at 42%, which is pretty high. Sometimes I get a little concerned off of that, but what are you going to do? Uh, again, he's been the guy who has came in and scored goals, especially in the absence of Jordan Wolf. Uh, Gutterding has not been doing what he's doing, and I had him as a top three because he was top three and then top 10, or top 10 and then top three, one or the other, in the last two seasons. I really thought he was going to continue it. Has not happened. Jackson Rill has filled in. He's been fucking lights out as a rookie, especially. I really enjoy watching him, especially play on a team that has had such struggles to make it into the playoffs and whatnot. So it's nice to see him help out a team. Still not. I don't think they're doing super hot. Two and four. Um, going up against a hot team in the uh, Atlas. They lose one game that a lot of teams clinch the playoffs. So we'll see what happens with that one. At number nine, we got Zeddy Ball games, Zed Williams. He, in five games, has 16 points, 13 being goals, and one two-pointer. Um, you know, I, I can't be, you know, you can't be too mad about 13 goals and one two-pointer in five games. It's just like, I don't, I, I expected a little bit more out of him, but I'm not, I don't really even know why, because it's like, why would I expect so much out of him from a guy who literally just, like, killed it but in such a small sample size and is still doing really well, almost a, almost a fucking, um, if you average out the points and, and goal points, it's, he's doing three goals a game. So he's going to hat trick every game. So I don't know how I could really be that mad, but it's honestly because some of these other guys are popping the fuck off. Like Ryan Drenner at number eight, Ryan Drenner is seven games in has 18 points 16 of them being goals so that's my point if you yeah, you got 13 goals but this guy has 16 goals and you're like what the fuck man how the fuck you have 16 goals i guess it's the extra games or extra couple games that also help out but i like ryan drenner specifically especially on that offense i think this is one of the examples that if they had a better face-off guy which they just got reisman so i can't hold can't call him out just uh just so far he did well in one of his two matchups so we'll see how that goes. But Ryan Drenner has been good, especially with a team that hasn't um, had the ball all too often. He's got 37 shooting percentage, which 
to me is a little bit more warming compared to uh, some of the other ones. Like Zed Williams only at 30, 29% actually. So it's like some of those guys I would like to see bump up. Who knows if it's just the bad shot selection. His shots on goal is only 69, while Drenner's at 72. So some of those things I like to look at, like their shooting percentage, I feel like right around 35 is something that is actually like sustainable. And if their shots on goal, if the shots on goal for me has to be fairly high. It doesn't have to be, but I would like it to be. At number seven, we have Kieran McArdle. Uh, 17 points, 10 goals, 7 assists. I like him just because of the duality in his play. He also didn't even really play in the first game, so I'm not sure if that's 6 or 5 games played. Same thing with another individual we'll talk about in a little bit. Actually, no, I left him off this list. Fuck. So this was the thing I have to uh, I have to add in someone else. So everyone who you just see is bumped down one. Uh, and then we'll add in the last guy in a, in a, in a little bit. But Kieran McArdle has been the balance to that offense. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, there's not much. He's been, I believe he's been very fairly consistent. We're going to pull up his stats in a second. He's been pretty consistent at point in at least every game. And recently he has had 5, 4, and 2. So, you know, he's not as much a boomer bust. Um, he's at least getting you two points a game, and they're usually coming um, – if he has two goals, he's he's always had a goal. Fuck, let's put it that way. He's always had a goal. He had back-to-back hat tricks, and then he adds on with some assists. So, not bad. The Water Dogs have been fucking hot recently too. So he might be someone to ride, but I would also be slightly concerned just because of the fact of um, his production level. Let's see. This guy has six games played. This guy has seven. We'll go with him at. This, to me, is a bit of a toss-up, but fantasy-wise, Ryan Brown, I'm going to put at 7. 7 games played, 16 goals, and finally in the last game that he played, had 1 assist. So he's just been fucking lights out. He's shooting at 30%, which I would like to see a little bit higher, but it's something where you see is consistent. He's got 30 shots on goal, so you know he's getting the shots on goal. His shots on goal percentage... For me, I would like to be higher, but with a guy with 16 goals in fucking seven games, I'll fucking take it. He, as well, has been pretty consistent. I believe it was that first game of the season where he just had straight zeros against the Cannons. Still with seven shots, though. He was still out there taking shots. And then a hat trick, a five-goal game, a one-goal game, a two-goal game, a four-goal game, and then a fucking two-point game. So, he's a bit boomer bust. But he's always giving you goals. That's the thing. So if your goals are like very feasible or very high, like high quality or high um, high point percentage, fuck point worth, then he's definitely a guy who you have to look at. At six, another dude, Will Manny, uh, 16 goals in six games. So I had to give it to him, even though that fucking other game was whatever by uh, Brown. He though has been a, I want to say a little bit more consistent. Uh, one goal, five goals, three, one, four, two. So, you know, he's staying away from those one-point games, two-point games. So, actually, half his games are five points, and the other half are two or less. No points, no goal, no games with zero points, which is nice to see. His shooting percentage is fucking 44%. So, it's on the higher end, but it's still something I'm kind of comfortable with, especially with the guys he plays with. And... You know, you got to also love him at the same time because he plays with the individuals he plays with. um, And they're struggling, too. So it's not even like as if he's out there with just fucking savages. You know, he's out there and guys are the team is struggling to put up wins. So 
good to see that no matter what's going on, he's always putting up points. At five, I have Josh Byrne. For me, I put him at five because of that duality. He's got 11 goals and eight assists, so he's very well balanced. His shooting, his shot on goal percentage is 50, which I think is going to go up, which I think could raise his goal percentage. But he's shooting at 32% when he gets him on cage. He's only got 17 shots on goal this season, which means that he has 34 shot attempts. Um, would like to see definitely that shots on goal be better. I think that's a number that can get better from here on out. At four, we have Jeff Teat. Jeff Teat has only played like fucking three games. He's got 14 points, nine goals, five assists, and I only expect him to get better between him, Caraway, Law. Caraway is actually also pretty like the buffer guy on this list, so he's right around there as well. So this whole this whole fucking team, man, I think are all um, are all usable, especially fantasy wise. So Law, you got Caraway with the fucking 13 points in five games. You got Teat with the 14 points in three games. So fucking eat it up, man. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> that team, I'm glad to see too because they've struggled for a while and then to completely dismantle their team and then brought it back together. It seems like it's going to work. At three, we got Lyle Thompson, 32. This is when it starts just getting crazy. You're like, all right, man, come on. Come on. 32 points in seven games, 16 goals. Like, fuck, man. And he's had only one bad game. I think he got blanked against the Redwoods. Yep, he got blanked against the Redwoods in the game before that. He only had one goal. And then the game after that, so 7-9, 7-11, had nine goals, five, uh, had nine points, five goals, four assists, 12 shots, 42%. I don't know what else to tell you, man. So I wouldn't be discouraged off of those two bad games. See what he really does overall. He's going to be back for sure. At two, I have Rob Pinnell. If goals are worth more, then maybe he's a little bit lower on this list. But if they're worth the same as assists, which I'm honestly, like, a lot of guys have more goals than assists. So, I don't know. Maybe assists should be worth more. I don't know. His shooting percentage is low. He hits the pipe a lot. He's been getting saved on a lot. His shot on goal percentage is pretty decent, though. With 30 shots on goal. So, you know he's getting some shots in. But, um... 11 goals, 13 assists, the balance is there, the Redwoods offense is there, they're winning games, so I, I love I love Rob Pinnell, man, let me tell you. And then at 1, we have Grant Ament, 6 games, 26 points, 8 goals, 18 assists, again, one of those, if goals are worth more, maybe drop him down a little bit, but he's got a low shooting percentage at 29, I'd like to see that a little bit higher, but... I mean, with the amount of assists on the team and the amount of weapons that he has, and being the main playmaker and in, in the back end of the, in the lower end of the field, there's not much to really hate about this guy. You know what I mean? So now moving on to the best midfield players at 15, we have Jake Vaccaro. He's got two pointers on the on the season, two of them. I believe that's either tied or in first or second. So if two pointers are worth a lot, he's your man to go to. At 14, we have John Haas. John Haas has been sleeping a little bit. Like People have been sleeping on him. 10 points in 6 games, 4 goals, 6 assists off of a team that's really not doing super hot, especially with missing a couple of key components of that offense. At 13, we have Ryan Ambler. I wish Ambler was 
would get a little bit more love in this offense. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes – I mean, he's got eight goals, so I can't really complain, and I believe that he's got a goal in every single game this season. He's got points in every single game this season, either one or two. So it's it's tough. Is it like – yeah, he's fantasy viable because he'll get you like a couple points, but it's also tough at the same time because of the fact that there are so many greater individuals. At 12, I got Mikey Slosher. It's a fucked up name. But he's, he gets goals, baby. He's got nine goals and one two-pointer on the season for 11 points in seven games. If you need a guy with goals, he's your dude. He's most likely already on the team, though. But he's um, a little hit or miss. He was kind of cold in that middle of the season, but then really came back. So, you know, it's, it's really either he's dropping a hat trick or he's not doing uh, or he's not putting up anything. At 11, we got Perkovic. Speaking of a dude that concerns me a, a lot um, with consistency, is Serge. Let's take a quick look at his. So, yeah, two points for 0 1 8 1. To me, that, I, you know, that concerns me, man. Because I, I can't just put you in off of a fucking eight point game. He's got games where he's got goals and shit like that. Uh, not as many two pointers as you'd like. He's got three, so note to before. But. I like Perk. I, I, he's one of my favorite players on the fucking Redwoods, but fantasy-wise, he concerns me when it comes down to his consistency. At 10, we got Channy. Michael Chuck. He's got 11 points in six games, one two-pointer. I expected that to be a little bit more, but he's overall pretty balanced. 5-1-4 goals, two-pointers, and assists. He's at shooting at uh, 18%, so would like to see that up a little bit. Not too sure why he's been struggling in, in that fashion so much, but I um, can't be too mad at him just because of the fact that uh, he's been pretty consistent. He's only had one game with zero points, and other than that, he's usually putting up two or three, so can't be too mad at that. At nine, we have... Brian Costabile, someone who I had a little bit higher on this list, but I still do like where he's at, in my opinion. With 14 points, 9 goals, 1 2-pointer, and 3 assists in 5 games, he's got a good point per game uh, basis. His shooting percentage is 29, so it's about average where I'm, I'm like looking for them to be for consistency reasons, and then 51% on goal. Yeah, I guess it's going to be lower because he's a midfielder, but would still like to see that up just a little bit. I think that he's really been growing into the season, so I would expect him, if you haven't been playing him already, expect to keep trying to put him in just off of the fact of how much, you know, I think that, he'll, that he has a role in this offense. At 8, we have Dane Smith. Daner has 14 points in six games, six goals, eight assists. Another thing I like that balance. He's only got 15. Um, he's only got fucking 11 shots on goal, 15 shots attempt. So his shooting shots on goal percentage is 73, and he's got fucking uh, six goals, so 40% shooting percentage ain't too bad. He's really the only midfielder on this team that I really do enjoy like fantasy wise to have him in uh 92 is just a fucking hell of a number as well consistency wise let's take a quick look he's been fairly consistent uh either two or three points in every game 
goals in most of them. So I like I I, I like having Dane Smith in. So if you uh, if you need a consistent guy, I think he's one of the better individuals as like a fucking midfielder too. Moving on to Steven Rafis. Rookie, playing along Paul Rabel, playing in a good offense. 18 points in 7 games, 9 goals, 9 assists, great balance. He's shooting at 74%, so a little high, but I do still like it. I think it's something that is consistent, can be consistent. And he's got that 50, uh, 58 shots on goal percentage. Uh, so overall, there's not much to be mad about here. He's going to be consistent. He plays on a, I th- what I think is a good offense. Their, their record does not show. They might be one of the best fantasy teams top to bottom if you just played as their roster. But the only issue is that they don't win games. So take that for what it's worth. Um, no one's going to quit on the season. No one's going to quit on the season. So don't be worried about that. Uh, expect him to put up fucking points like there's no tomorrow. Uh, at the at the rate that he is. At six, speaking of fucking worries about consistency with a 59% shooting percentage, we got Jules Henningberg, 13 goals in six games with 18 points. His shots on goal is 82%, so that could be why his sh- his shot percentage is so high. But my only uh my only thing that makes me think that he might be able to keep it up is just the fact that it's him, Sergio, and Miles Jones, um, most of the time you're giving him a short stick, which is, like, stupid, but what are you going to do? You know, you got two guys who are, like, 6'4", 225, 230 pounds, like, running down the field. So, it's it's, it's a tough situation to be in, but I really do like um, Henningberg because he takes advantage of that. It shows. He's got the 13 goals, so. It's oh wow! Breaking news: SEC votes unanimously to extend invitations to Oklahoma and Texas to join their league. Wow, pretty crazy. I gotta flip my phone over. Can't look at that shit anymore. But I really do like Jules. I do think that his consistency is maintainable. Uh, another guy who made his way up to midfield off of playing at attack, and he's been putting up in half his games like four points, three points, and the other. And the others, you know, he puts up at least one or two. So, he's been extremely consistent. Uh, most of his games, half of his games, he has four points in. So, I love it. At five, we have Miles Jones. As the numbers speak for themselves, he's got 11 assists, eight goals, and none of them two-pointers. So, just wait till he starts breaking that out. That's kind of like Jacob DeGrom. How he's like, oh, I'm not going to start using my other pitches until the playoffs. And you're like, fuck. 19 points. 30 shot percentage, uh, 63% on goal. Honestly, Miles Jones numbers, if goals and assists don't really matter, and the way that he's been playing, I think that he is, like, he's he's top five. He's top five, at least. Yes, top five, at least. Zach Currier here, specifically, you got to bring up the 40 ground balls he has on the season. Like, the next highest of these guys is, like, fucking 11. So, pretty fucking nuts in that regard. He's got so many fucking ground balls. An absolute, and I love that. That that means you're a fucking dog. Nine goals, ten assists, extremely consistent, 72 shot percentage, something where it's consistent. Um, and then the shot on goal is 64%, so I like that as well. He 
has one two-point shot, hasn't connected on it. We'll see if that ever happens with this dude. You know, who knows what's going to fucking go down because he's seen seemingly producing in every fashion that he can on the field. Tom Schreiber, 19 points in six games, so one less game than Courier, which puts him one spot above Courier. He's got 10 goals, 9 assists. Honestly, he's been pretty low-key this season, especially in the facts of Will Manny and Grant Men just absolutely fucking murdering it. He's been kind of quiet. I believe he started off the season fairly slow and then began to pick it up. He was uh, 2 points, 3 points, 4 points, 3, 4, 3. So, consistency has been key recently, and almost every game is more, uh, every game is more than 1 point, so there you go. And that was two, Schreiber, one, we have, oh no, I'm sorry, Schreiber was two, I skipped three, Connor Kelly, Connor Kelly, 21 points, seven games, nine goals, two two-pointers, eight assists, he has been fucking out here, really nice to see Connor Kelly do well, um, the two-pointers is an interesting facet that I didn't really think that he would bring about. But he's brought it, man. And so has the fucking Redwoods. I mean, the fucking Water Dogs. Excuse me. He is out this upcoming week, though. So we'll see what happens with that. It's going to be a tough loss. Um, really hope he comes back, though, man. And then at number one, we have Paul Rabel with 20 points in seven games. He's got one two-pointer, 13 goals. So this is why I put him where he is because of that goal facet. If that weighs more than um, more than assists. 37% shooting percent, so that's fucking ideal, and I really like that, man, fuck, Paul Rabel, number one, I knew he was gonna have a fucking bounce back season, I let y'all know, moving on to goalies, eight, we're gonna go with Dylan Ward, I just haven't really been, we're gonna go, we're gonna, we're gonna look at this and save numbers, so, Jack McCann's been missing some time, so that's why I put him up at 7, put Ward at 8. Neither of them do I really feel are fantasy viable. They both don't have a lot of quantity and saves. Their save percentage isn't the greatest. Um, their goals against per game is like 12, 13, so it's not the greatest either. There's nothing about them that really makes me be like, oh, wow, like, like let's put him in. Adam Gittleman, I have, I'm sorry, uh, Galloway, I have at 6. Again, same thing, 76 saves on the season, which isn't bad, 10.6 um, scores against average, which also isn't too bad, but it's just like that consistency of seeing shots, which worries me, which goes on to Adam Gittleman. For some reason, they keep trying to play Drew Adams, which I just, whatever. I've said it a hundred times. I don't like it. Um, 62 saves, 9.7 saves against average, so that saves against average is fucking unreal. While the saves is low, his saving percentage is 61, so I like it, don't love it. Someone who actually meant to bump down to actually where Galloway is, so it'll be 8 Ward, 7 Cannon, 6 Burnlore, 12.6 saves against average, which are scores against average, god fuck me. I don't know if I've probably been saying that the whole time. Scores against average 12.6, which is not fucking where it needs to be, and only 63 saves. He plays in every goddamn game with 69 scores against, which leaves him at a 49% save percentage, which has to bump him down to 6. Galloway at 5, Gittleman at 4. 3, I have Nick 
Morocco. I think that he's been doing outstanding. He's got a ton of saves, but he has a high score against average. That's going to happen. His save percentage is still over 50%. That's So I like him where he's at. And that save quantity has him there. Timmy Troutner, I got a 2 because of the fact that he has a better save percentage and a lower saves against average, but has about 20 less saves on the season, which does worry me a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not much to say. Nick Morocco and Tim Trowner, to me, could really go either way. It really depends on what you're looking for. Depends on how much scores against average matters for you. That might bump Gittleman up a lot. That might leave him where he is. But I think that top four, Gittleman, Morocco, Troutner, or that four to two ranking is pretty mixable depending on your league settings but i think number one is pretty straightforward 12.1 scores against average with 104 saves 60 save percentage only 72 scores against four two pointers which is actually kind of high but we got blaze rudin at one until anyone tells me something that tells me to take him out i'm not fucking doing it Fuck it, we're just going to keep going into this one. Um, I've been cutting them, but we're at this one we're going to keep going. So we're going to go on to best face-off. And we're going to get to face-off percentage here. There we go. Eight, Adler. Thought he was going to be better than he was. Not much to say here. 43%. Can't do it. Seven, Reisman had one good game, one bad game. We'll see. Two game sample size. Can't put him up that high until he proves something. 44 face-off percentage. Stephen Kelly. Uh, it's been a... A bit of a um, an up for me. I really do like him. I think that he's been doing much better. Uh, still can't put him up way too high, uh, but he has been the number one on the um, archers and has been fairly decent. Forty-seven percent save percentage, uh, face-off percentage. Five. We have Connor Farrell. Thirty-nine ground balls, which is nice. So that definitely helps out a lot with his fantasy value if it works like that for you. Um, Forty-nine face-off percentage. So, got to have him at 5, because from here on out, we're above, or well above, 50%. At 4, I have Jake Withers. He's got a ton of ground balls, though. 43 ground balls with a 53% face-off percentage. I think that he has really been fucking solid. He has some tough matchups, like with Connor Farrell, but he's been he's been out here, man. And Even against good teams, we're going to pull up his stats real quick. Even against good teams... Cannons, he washed. Chaos, he washed. Two teams that don't have a face-off, man. Chrome, he did kind of poorly against, but then Chrome, he did pretty well against. So he's been 50-50, more or less, against Connor Farrell. Uh, Redwoods, he struggled. Who doesn't struggle against TD Irwin? Cannons, he washed again. Archers, he went 50%, so pretty decent against Stephen Kelly. So he's he's up there, and then that face-off overall percentage, the ability to, to dominate those who are like cla- a class underneath him, like, whoever the fuck plays for the cannons and fucking chaos, I think puts him at that number four, which is huge, as well as the ground balls. At three, we got Trevor Baptiste, 59%, 37 ground balls, compared to no J- Joe Nardella, with more face-offs, a higher percentage, and higher ground balls, 60%, one percentage more, what are you going to do? And then 44 ground balls, both of them, though, fucking go head-to-head with this number one at TD Ireland. 61 ground balls, 66 percentage, 157 face-offs taken, second most behind Jake Weathers with 174. So, holy shit. TD Ireland came in and made the fucking PLL his bitch. He has been out here. 
Uh, Trevor Baptiste, I don't, I know went fifty fifty with him more or less. I think they went like eleven for twenty one went TD and then ten for eleven for twenty one went fucking Trevor. That's fifty fifty to me. You know, um, he did well against Nardella, but they were missing a bu- uh, a bunch of guys that game. So we'll see. He's got to keep it up. He's a rookie, and um, I'm just I'm fucking hyped, man. That he's you know, he's on my team. Let me tell you. And on to everybody's favorite but least favorite part, defenseman. We're going to start at 15. I'm going to start with Squires. Squires has been pretty young. He's a rookie, but he's been putting up decent points. Uh, I do like him fantasy-wise, and I do think that he'll be a good player down the road, so I wouldn't let him go, especially if you're doing something like a Dynasty League. I know it's a little early in fantasy lacrosse, especially in the PLL, to be doing Dynasty Leagues. But, hey, man, there's no better time than now when you're starting off. At 14, I have Serdic. I really think that he's been doing pretty well um, on the chaos. He's really one of the only dudes who I've, you know, have faith in in that fucking back end. He's got a decent amount of ground balls, a good amount of cause turnovers. So, I got him at 14. Next, we have Bryce Young. Good amount of cause turnovers. Not as many ground balls, though. That's why he is where he is. I do like him um, playing with Burnlore, who's been playing kind of below average in some situations. But to me, it's it's really just that cause-turnover-ground cause ball ratio. Depends on what you add up to, more or less. Next, we have... God, I'm going to fuck up this guy's name. Holding Garland. No, I'm not. I got it. Gang, gang. Hey, hi, Darren. I gotta stop saying that. Oh, my God. Uh, cost turnover is 9. Ground ball is 14. Pretty decent. Uh, it's cost turnovers that made me put him where he is. Um, I don't know. It's, it's something about that cannons. Like, if Reisman starts to work out and they stop playing less defense, do I get kind of worried? Although, Jack Rowlett, I know, isn't going to get much help at the face-off. So I I have him at 11. Those two are kind of more or less about the same, though. Eight calls, turnovers, 11 ground balls. So I know that he's going to be fucking out there doing his best. So I've got him at that. Well, next I have Matt McMahon with nine calls, turnovers, 12 ground balls. I really do like him. I think he's a little bit more consistent. Uh, and he's the number one guy. So while some of Holden uh, Garland, for example, is not the number one guy, but we'll have to get to him later in the video. At 9, we have Jared Newman. So, Jared Newman, 9 calls, 12 ground balls, all around here. Really, that that 12 to, uh, we'll see where we're going. Yeah, it'll, that, that 12 to, till I say so is going to be more or less the same. And the next one, including Garrett Apple on the field. He's something different, fantasy-wise. He's about the same. Um, but then once we get to 7 at Cade Van Rappors, do we really get to that nine calls to number 16 ground balls? So he's really out here getting the ground balls, doing a little bit better than everyone else can cause turnovers. And from here on, it kind of just gets like, ah, oh, wow, shit. At six, I have Eli Gobrich. He's got 12 cause turnovers, 16 ground balls. So that's why I like him where he is. He's third in the league in um, ground balls. Wow, I left someone out for no good reason. Oh, my God. Um. Oh no, never mind. I put him in. Um, 
So yeah, I've got him at six with Pulver coming in at five. Jake Pulver, 13 calls turnovers. Calls turnovers. That's why he's at five, but only eight ground balls. So it depends on how that math works out in your league. At four, we have Michael Rexroad. 11 calls turnovers, 10 ground balls. Pretty consistent. Good amount of calls turnovers. I really do like him. Um, him and Kate Van Rapports have just been fucking working it, man. Let me tell you. At two, I have Graham Hasek with 11 calls turnovers, 17 ground balls. Um, also do like him. Uh, but then moving on to one and two, you know, it's tough to tough to say that those stats, which are very good, are better than the Brody Merrill, 11 calls turnovers, 31 ground balls, or the Liam Burns, 16 calls turnovers, 16 ground balls. So that's um, – Burns is my two. Merrill is my one. Those are just locks. What are you going to do about that? And then for my top five at LSM, start with Reese Eddy. He's got a ton of fucking ground balls. We'll go to ground balls. Reese Eddy is the only guy. Let's see where we're at. Is the only LSM to pop up in the first in the top ten. The only guy. With 27. Uh, to me, that says something. I don't know about you. At number four, we have Rylan Reese. I'm an idiot. I'm looking at the fucking wrong dude. <sighs> Goddamn. What I just said was about Rylan Reese. Uh, number three, we have Earnhardt. Earnhardt's been missing some time, but I still do like him. I think that he, when he plays, is consistent and is a guy who, you know, especially with Joe Nardella, is going to get the ground balls that he needs to be fantasy viable. Joel White, to me, has also been doing extremely well. Six calls, turnovers, 23 ground balls. I like him as well. Number 11 in ground balls in the entire PLL. And then at number one, we have Troy Ray with 19 ground balls, but 11 calls, turnovers. So he's got a little bit more calls, turnovers than the rest of these LSMs. So I like him a little bit more than some of these other individuals who, you know, uh, Resetti at 8 with 19 ground balls, Rylan Reese at 7, calls turnovers, eh, a bit of a dip, White with 6, so he's the guy at the top, So, and I think that should be worth more than ground balls comparatively, so that's where I stand. And to finish off with short stick D-mid, Cause I gotta fucking give it to him. Let me find this guy first, man. All I have down is Mark. I have no idea who the fuck Mark is. I want to say it's Mark. I don't know. Either way, shouts out to guys like Danny Logan, Mark McNeil. I got him on the list. Latrell Harris, Patrick Resch. Which I know he's been picking up and putting down fucking uh, sticks lately. Long stick, short stick. Uh, Dominic Alexander, all guys who I really like. Tarafanko, rookie, has been outstanding. Steven DiNapoli had a fucking outstanding week one. Uh, kind of hasn't been too much since, unfortunately. But at four, we have Tyson Bell, because I don't know what the fuck I wrote at five. Uh, where are we looking? Where are we looking? Tyson Bell, four calls turnovers. 18 ground balls. 
that's about all you can really say about these guys. Uh, on the field, it's a different story. Fantasy-wise, it's about it. Defense is not the glitz and glams. That's why I put them at the end. No offense. Play defense. Love them. But Matt Abbott, fucking 25 ground balls, 6 calls turnovers. So that's a fucking hell of a stat line, especially for a short stick D-mid. At 2, I have Zach Goodrich. 10 calls turnovers, 12 ground balls. But the reason why Courier is fucking number 1. He's kind of like a short stick D-mid. Uh, you might be able to fucking squeeze him in right there. Um, it's just because of the fact of how many fucking ground balls this guy's had. 40 ground balls, 7 calls turnovers. So, fuck me, man. Holy shit. I mean, we got fucking... Quarterbacks cause turnovers. We have Goodrich at 10, but holy shit. Courier to be putting up the offensive points, defensive points. I mean, I'm just saying, man, to me, Courier might be a fucking MVP. 